Fuel is the official podcast of the 434th Air Refueling Wing. Join us for airman connections, leadership insights, mentorship, and happenings mixed with some fun and humor. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any person or business is ever intended. Happy New Year to the the Grissom family. Happy New Year, Josh, the, the dream leader. I appreciate it. Yeah. So 2022, any New Year's resolutions for you? No. No? no. Nothing? No, I don't, I don't make promises to myself I can't keep. Yeah, so you're always... I was at the gym yesterday here on base, and I was like, why is it so busy? And oh, it's January. Yep. It's January. So a lot of, lots of, lot of resolutions uh, going on there. Well, hopefully you had a, a great time. Uh go away from work a little bit and had some downtime, uh, spending time with family at Christmas and New Year's. We're, we're excited for the January UTA. We're excited to see you. Some of you uh, may be here in person. Some may be virtual. Some may be on the alternate uh, with the, the COVID numbers the way they are. We, we've learned that uh, being flexible is the key to this. And so, so we continue to be flexible. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a balmy 19 on uh, on Friday. So, Hooray. Uh, yeah, bring a stocking cap. Uh, and so the, they just passed that uh, airmen being able to walk with their hands in their pockets just in time for winter. So excited about that. Uh, January, it, it should be packed. Uh, new year, new requirements. Um, flu shots are a big focus right now. So if you're overdue for a flu shot, if you didn't get your flu shot by December 15th, you need to get it. And there's plenty of opportunities to do that this UTA. There's also, you can go to Walgreens about anywhere now and, and get your flu shot. And so just make sure you get us the documentation on that. Uh, today's podcast is awesome. Um, I'd say awesome uh, to, to me. Anyways, it was a great conversation that I, I got to have with uh, Chief Scully, who's uh, retiring after 35 years in service. And uh, what what a uh, what a long history there that he has and some great wisdom that he shares. I want you to pay, uh, pay special attention to as we go through this conversation with him. Um, he he has opportunities time and time again to to brag about himself, to talk about himself, to talk about his career. And we open that up to him several times. And he keeps referring back to to airmen and helping airmen. And uh, it's just something that that really struck me is, uh, again, the value we find is in helping other people. It, it's kind of a common theme that we've had on here is, uh, being good at self-help and being good at self-discipline is one thing, but being good at helping other people leads to a life full of value. And so great conversation with him. Uh, real quick reminder before before we dive into that. Uh, if, you, if you're feeling bad, if you're, um, you know, hey, I got a sinus infection, I got whatever you think it is. Let's not uh, let's not be doctors on our own. Uh, stay away from here. Uh, let's we've, we've given that flexibility is we want to kind of keep this place. We our numbers are not our, our COVID numbers, our sick numbers are not reflecting what the rest of the Indiana or the rest of the world is around us right now. And so we want to try to keep that uh, our numbers as low as possible. So we do that by you guys being smart and protecting. And also, if you have someone at home, a loved one or something that is high risk, hey, just just talk to us. Talk to your supervisors. Uh, talk. Uh, you know, talk, talk to your commander. Let's figure this out. We, we got ways and we can help you out. So 
without further ado, let's jump into a conversation with Chief Scully. Welcome, Chief Scully. Uh, Thank thanks for taking time out of your day to come up here. I'm sure you're you're busy. Uh, Absolutely, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So 2022, uh, and and this is going to be January UTA, last UTA for you. That's correct. Man, how long has it been? Uh, 35 years, 35 uh, years, 35 years. I think officially, uh, 35 years and seven months, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, me, uh, I will try to, uh, refrain from making too many old jokes <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> but, but, yeah. they're, they're, they're probably well-deserved. <laughs> yeah. But the first question is how was it fighting the civil war? No, just yeah. kidding. Like that. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll start with, uh, so a little bit about you, like, are you from Indiana? I'm not. No. So, uh, I was raised, my, my parents, um, met in the Navy. Both my mom and dad were in the Navy. Um, my father retired from the Navy. So I grew up in Virginia. Um, and I still call that home, even though, you know, my wife gives me a hard time, tells me I've been in Indiana longer than any other place, but I, I call Virginia home. Um, and I got stationed here active duty, um, in 1985. Um, met my wife and, uh, We've stayed here, uh, been with this, this unit since, uh, since then. Since 1985. So in 85, I, I joined the 305th. Okay. Um, I separated from active duty um, in 88. And uh, in those days, uh, we were co-located. So um, the avionics shop, uh, maintenance avionics was my background instrument shop. Um, the reserve shop was co-located with active duty. Um, and so I literally walked across the room um, from active duty to reserves and um, been with uh, with the maintenance group for the most part uh, ever since. Yeah, that, that seems to be a fairly common story with when, when we run into people that have been here for a long time is, hey, active duty may have brought them here, but then uh, they enjoyed it. And they liked it. I mean, were you familiar with Indiana at all? Until I, I was not. Uh, you know, I, I tell people, and I was only half joking, um, when I got orders to Grissom, um, I had to look Indiana up on a map. I wasn't even sure, you know, yeah. where it was. I, I was an East Coast guy, um, was hoping to get orders, you know, out on the East Coast, but um, came to Grissom, and, and, and I certainly don't regret that. Was Grissom your first duty station? It was. Okay. Yep. yep. I've, I've been my only duty station. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So 35 years, 35 years, uh, with, with the exception of, you know, obviously, um, Lackland and mm -hmm. then, uh, the now closed Chanute air force base, yeah. um, uh, where I went to tech school. Um, and I've been at Grissom since. Man, TDYs off of that and deployments. Do you, do you, have you looked into that yet? Like how many deployments you have under so your belt? I, I, you know, I couldn't tell you how many total, um, I know, uh, you know, obviously we went down to, uh, when, when we invaded Panama, um, and removed Noriega, yeah. um, we sent some instrument troops down to, uh, to Georgia. Um, and I went down there, um, and then, um, of course the Gulf war in 91, yeah. uh, the first time I was activated as a reservist. Um, and then, you know, after nine 11, uh, you kind of lose count yeah. um, over the years. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's almost like you served in um, two different militaries, right? Pre nine 11 and, and post nine 11 is I talk about that a lot. I was a load master pre nine 11 and, and people are like, Oh, you were a load. So you deployed a lot. You did all. No, no I was, I was pre nine 11. We, 
mainly, you know, C5 load, we did household goods and stuff like that. It was just a different Air Force. It, it was. And, and I think, you know, I almost equate it to three, quite yeah. honestly, because um, you had the Cold War when I first started. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Ronald Reagan was a president. And, um, you know, one of the first classes that you took when you got to tech school was on, uh, you know, nuclear prol proliferation. And so that was something that they talked about a lot. Um, we did a lot of uh, exercises in, in nuclear warfare. Um, and certainly in SAC mm -hmm. um, in those days, um, that was our, our bread and butter um, was the all out, uh, you know, planning for a nuclear war. And then R Russia fell. And then, you know, you, we rolled into a short time after that, obviously, 9-11. But that in, interim piece, um, we were kind of adrift a little bit. Uh, we didn't have anybody specific yeah. um, as, a, as a clear and, and present danger. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really uh, been a journey for sure. Yeah. So, so 35 years, almost like three different militaries right that 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 you've been a part of um I, 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 are you ready for this like to re retire to for retirement to, yeah to hang this up and I, yeah i think so um it'll be different um you know i uh there's an adjustment period i'm certain i'm certain of that um for you or for your wife you think well i think for both <laughs> yeah yeah, a, yeah. Uh, you know probably more so for her than me um because, um, you know, we, we tend to discount the amount of work. Um, everybody pays attention to the uniform, but we really discount the amount of work that our spouses and families do um, on a day-to-day -day basis um, to make up for um, all of the trips and TDY right. and deployments. Um, and, and so um, while it, it may be retirement, it's really time to, I owe her that time. Yeah. Um, and, and so, um, I'm looking forward to, to being able to pay some of that back. Uh, you got like hopefully. a retirement trip planned or anything like a, well, we did, uh, COVID kind of wrecked some of that. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're kind of bouncing things around right now, figuring out exactly, um, you know, what we're going to do. Um, yeah. With, you know, obviously with COVID, it, it, it makes things uh, difficult to plan. Uh, yeah, too so, far in advance. Yeah. But uh, my wife is nothing but uh, an outstanding planner. So I, I'm certain that she will, uh, she'll be able to, to come up with something um, that, that'll be a lot of fun and, and really rewarding. And you have a son and a daughter here I in do. Indiana. I do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, both grown. Yeah. Um, two kids each. Okay. So, so four, four grandkids. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot of times with grandkids that I'm looking forward to. So. Yeah. And then what, what about you? Like what, what hobbies, I mean, 35 years, you, you've probably seen hobbies come and go. Like, what are you on right now? Yeah. I, you know, I've, um, so I coached high school basketball for, uh, for about 18 years um, here in the local community. And I really enjoyed that. Um, and um you know, I, I, I like to repair clocks. I, I get into, you know, all kinds of, of little different things. We're building a cabin down in Kentucky. Um, uh -huh. So, um, you know, I've, I've got a pretty wide range of things that'll, that'll keep me busy yeah. going forward. So awesome. Uh, any, any, like, I know Doug does a, a phenomenal, like, 
he does like grandpa camp. I forget what he calls it or something. Oh, now you're putting me on yeah. the spot. I'm trying to remember. I think it's just Camp Grandpa. Yeah. So they yep. do a camp once a once a summer. You know, it's like a week long and uh, they've got different rules for the camp, but it's all the grandkids come okay. in. But it's yeah, nice. it's a crazy fun stuff. Like any any ideas like that? Yeah. Or? So um, I, I think, um, well, right now, my you know, um, they're all pretty young. Um, my oldest grandson, um, he's like seven or eight, um, and they just moved back. So my son just separated from active duty um, and, and took a full-time job um, in um, Cloverdale, Indiana. Um, and so um, we're kind of making that adjustment to having them around again, um, you know, um, and the other two grandkids that are that are here locally are, you know, one and two years old. So um, I'm certain that we'll we'll develop, you know, obviously with a coaching background, there's a, there's a there's a desire for them to get yeah. into some sports and and maybe that'll draw me back into coaching. Um, yeah. But um really i i kind of want to let them um develop their own wants and desires be their own people um and then support whichever way that yeah. that, that direction goes sometimes that's tough you know yeah, you got that is. you got yeah. that love of a sport you're like yeah. i really want you to do this right. i'll let you do whatever you want but i yeah. really would like for you to do this well, i i will tell you though uh, if if you coach long enough um you, you will see plenty of that yeah. um and so um, it's a good way to, to change your opinion on some of those things. And, yeah. and, um, and I've, I've seen, you know, some great athletes, um, really get turned away from a sport. Um, and so, you, you know, I used to tell people when they got into coaching, the first thing that you're coaching is a love of the game. And, and I think if you don't teach that love of the game first, um, and then support it as it goes forward. Um, you can you can really kind of ruin a, a perception for somebody. Do you think looking at uh, where we're at right now at this phase of the military, do you think maybe that's where we miss the mark a little bit? You think we maybe the the love of that game, the love of this military? So I, I you know, um, I think everybody has a complaint about CBTs and mm -hmm. and um, and there's generational differences, obviously. Um, you know, I fall in that. Um, the tail end of the, the baby boomers, so to speak. Um, and I've always argued that, um, you know, I, I hear people talk about kids being on their phone and, mm -hmm. and or I shouldn't say kids, young men and women um, on their phones. And, and this generation is different. And, and, I, and I agree that this generation is different, but if we're going to complain that, um, you know, mom and dad set these kids down in front of a TV and a computer and all they care about is video games. Um, then why are we doing the bulk of our training on a computer and through a video game? Right. Um, we're conditioning it, them to do the same thing. We're, we're doing the exact same yeah. thing that we're complaining about. So when I first came in the Air Force um, for fire extinguisher training, you went over to the firehouse, yeah. they lit gas I, on fire and you, and you put it out. Yeah. Um, I think we need to get back to that. I think we need to get back to um, hands-on training. Um, there's some value to classroom training mm -hmm. um, and, and really um, separate ourselves. Technology is great um, and, and you can do a lot with it. Um, but, but I do think there's some value in, um, 
in putting your hands on something and, yeah. and, and making your mistakes and failing in a safe environment. Right. Yeah. That, that love of the game, man. I, I love that. I love the passion. I love the, 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 you know, how inspiring that is. I've often said that that's why I think the, the national anthem has went into this kind of uh, turmoil that it has over the, the last few years is because we, <clears throat> we, we set back and we just let one person sing it. It's like our national anthem. Right. Like if it's ours, shouldn't we all sing it? Shouldn't if one person starts it, shouldn't we all be like, oh, this is my song. Like, hold on a second. You know, I, I, I want to say it. And I think it's the same way with the military is that that ownership, you know, and probably looking back when when you first came in, how many times did you hear that as, you know, as airmen, you know, Scully is uh, these these kids these days are different. Yeah, you know, yeah, even that, you know, it's, 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 it's a common statement. It is. And, and I, I think it's anytime that you have a, a generational gap, um, the, the tendency is to blame that younger generation. Right. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's a huge mistake in my mind. Um, there's value, um, you know, as we transition, you know, in my day, uh, when I went out to the flight line, you carried a paper book out to the flight line. Um, and you, you had to take the exact books that you needed. Mm -hmm. Um, you didn't carry your general TOs or your, your general information. Um, today with a laptop, our young technicians are carrying 950 books out to the flight line. Every single time that they go, they have an entire library at their fingertips. Um, and, and, um, you can't convince me that that's not better. Yeah. Um, you have to be able to use that technology. Right. Now I will fumble with it and it takes me forever to find something, but I, I'm amazed when I go out and watch how quickly they can transition from book to book and, and find the information that they need. Um, and so there's, there's certainly something to be gained from that yeah. um, from my perspective. So that transition, that piece, you know, uh, we look back and, and do you come in in 84 or 85? Uh, 84. I so basic training in 84. So looking back in 1984 and you're, you're looking at young and were you 18 years old? Yep. So 18 yep. year old, you know, the skull running around, you know, probably bleach blonde hair. I don't know what your color your yeah, hair was. It was, that, yeah. It was blonde yeah, there, then, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, blonde hair running around. We have all these DNTF flight members that are here, the development and training flight that are waiting to go to basic training. What do you, what do you want them to know? Cause they listen to this and it's, it's part they, they don't really have a choice. It's kind of a requirement. So, uh, but what do you, what do you wish you would have known as you're sitting there looking at your career? So I, I wish that I would have taken advantage, um, of the, some of the programs exterior to my AFSC, um, earlier on, um, there's, there's, tremendous, uh, educational opportunities. Um, you know, and it's probably contrary to what, um, to the official, uh, recruiting, you know, slogan for a chief, so yeah. to speak. But I always tell people, look, you owe the government the first two years that you're in, you owe it to the government to become the best loggy, the best boom operator, the best aircraft maintenance technician that you can become. Right. Put your heart and soul in it. Um, pay attention in tech school. Work as hard as you can when you get to your duty station. And then the remaining time of your that first enlistment, um, prepare yourself to get out. 
um, take advantage of the, those, the college opportunities, um, some of the exterior uh, learning opportunities that you can get while still, you know, giving the government their due, right? Because we're, we're paying you for an eight hour day and you owe us an eight hour day or, or more sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, um, but there are those opportunities out there um, that can set yourself up. Um, you know, right now we have a, a, you know, a pilot shortage. And so there we've got, uh, what three of the people within my squadron, um, just within the last eight months have, have gone over, um, to become pilots. So, um, if you don't take care of those educational opportunities, then that next opportunity, which could be air force related, um, you're not eligible for. And, and so, um, that's a big thing to me is, is be ready for that opportunity, um, before it comes up instead of wishing that you, uh, that you had taken care of it earlier. Yeah. So they hear those two things, you know, it's like, there's a lot of resources. Use those resources, uh, to where you don't miss an opportunity that you really want. Absolutely. Um, cause those things pass by real quick. They do. And, and it's. And you know, as well as I do, uh, you've probably been in a position where you wanted to put somebody mm-hmm. um, into a, a slot or a, a stripe mm-hmm. um, and, and you weren't able to because something outside of your control. They didn't do their yeah. PME. They didn't have their CCAF. That was me. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I mean, me. Because you have a, so you have a bachelor's degree, correct? I do. Yeah. And yeah. then we just talked about it, not to, to bring up sort of news, but you also applied for law school just recently. Yep. And, yep. and, and so uh, very competitive at that and, and go in that direction. And, and I, I think it's awesome looking at that as uh, pursuing that, you know, of, Hey, I want to go to law school. Like I, and, and I know you've done a lot of negotiations. You've done a lot with, um, you know, not just in your own career and, and stuff like that, but with the union and, and working things out, you and I have worked on, a, on a lot of stuff and I've, I've been, had the privilege of watching you go down that path and seeing that passion, like you talked about is preparing you, uh, for that retirement. Right. Uh, so, uh, that's phenomenal. What do you think now in, in taking a step forward, uh, what about like Airman Scully? So that, that was before you come in, like, let's big picture this, right? Like keep your eyes on, on all of this for your entire career. But now you got Airman Scully or you got an Airman that's, you know, in, in an AMXS or, or an Airman that's in wherever, AMDS. Um, what's your advice to them? So I, I think sometimes, um, one of the things that that we've done, um, it, we're always talking about promotion. We're always talking about that next step, right? Um, and um, we miss out on the experience of the present. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I spent um, in '94 when um, when the A10s left Grissom, um, I got rifted into uh, personnel. So I worked in customer service, uh, military personnel flight in those days. Um, and um, you, you want to talk about a fish out of water. I, I was completely a fish out of water. And, yeah. and God love, you know, the, the members of the MPF. Then they, they really kind of took me under the wing and and put up with, uh, you know, with my maintenance typing and my maintenance attitude when I showed up. But um, 
I look back now and I'm able to to uh, to answer some questions and, and do some things that I never, ever would have been able to if I hadn't learned the lingo of personnel. Um, and and there's real value in that. Um, so you have an opportunity, right? You can say, look, I'm a maintenance guy and I got ripped into personnel and this is terrible and, and I don't want to be here and I'm going to sulk until um, I, I get through this two or three year period and then I can go back to maintenance. Or you can take advantage of that um, and and learn something um, and and meet some new people and and um, broaden those horizons a little bit. And so I think it's important that while we prepare for the next step, we also um, take advantage of what we can learn where we're at today. Yeah. Um, Good or bad. Good right? or bad. Like right? Good, right? How many bad situations of, were you in? Yeah. Half of, of being a good leader, a good manager, in my mind, is remembering the bad things um, and, and not repeating those. Right. Yeah. Um, or, or at least understanding the difference between um, when somebody was a bad supervisor or when somebody had to do something because yeah. they were forced to. Right. Um, and then not doing those bad things as a supervisor, um, but then um, addressing why they had to make that decision and, and being transparent and honest about it um, rather than just, you know, the old days of do it. Cause I said, so I'm yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Before you get, get hit upside the head or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. What were you like as an airman? Um, you know, I think I was, uh, any stories you can't like, yeah, I think no, you're legal right down the street, but I think he's got a lot of, yeah. Um, no, I think, um, I really enjoyed being out on flight line. I really enjoyed, um, working on aircraft. Um, I didn't put a lot of thought into the future. Um, I was, I was very present. Right. Yeah. If, if, Which can lead to some really fun. You were probably a very fun. I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't regret any of that. Right. Uh, certainly. Um, but I do see it as there, there were some missed opportunities because yeah. of that. Um, having said that, um, I do think it's important. Um, I've, you never lose sight of the fact that when you put your hands on an airplane, you have three souls um, at, on your fingertips. And, and so. Um, you know, I, I can't stress enough that um, the first thing that you have to do is be good at your job. Um, and, I, and I think I was pretty good at it. Um, I worked hard at it. Uh, you know, I, I read a lot. Um, I wanted to be good at it. Um, but I made my mistakes, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was, I was uh, still a young man. Yeah. And uh, any, any paperwork you want to talk about? Yeah, no, I don't. Not that I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if you if you come by my office, you'll see um, I had a a, a sack evaluation, um, and I think it was 1986. Uh, Tech Sergeant Gamble mm-hmm. um, evaluated me on um, uh, the bench check of a, a pitch computer um, on a 135A model and. Um, and I failed that evaluation. I declared a malfunction when none existed. Um, and, cried which I wolf. Did. You cried wolf. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. Um, but I hang that in my office, yeah. right? I don't have diplomas. I don't have certificates. I have that failure. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important. Um, you, you can you can look at um, 
at all of your accomplishments, mm-hmm. right? But if you don't um, evaluate your failures, um, then your accomplishments become meaningless. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was looking the other day at, at, uh, at A1C, right. I had this, uh, the valuation when the A1C parks and, and they had little X's on where you're at, like good or, or bad or whatever. And my n- job knowledge and job performance and stuff were, were fairly high. And then it was like, uh, dress and personal appearance. Cause <laughs> I was like almost the, like, like, you know, terrible, but it was, it was way down there. And it was like the notes were like, you know, Aaron parks, his hair is usually out of regs, uh, right. you know, not, not interested in adhering to the standards. So, you know, like I was like, that's it. That was me like that. And, and I lived a lot in the moment. And like you said, there was probably opportunities I missed, but I look at those opportunities I missed and I wasn't ready for them. There was, there was no way I was ready for them, you know, and, and, and the, the time and the process, I think sometimes that's what we miss is we, we want to fast forward everything. It's like, man, there's a process, like enjoy that process. And each of us take different time and, and, and different, in different paths and different ways about it. And just enjoy that process that, that it takes of your personal development. Right. And I think you have to have um, a level of experience um, to recover from your failures. Yeah. Right. Because you are going to fail. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, I will fail. You know, I have what, 22 days left. Um, I'm going to fail in that next 22 days. I'm certain of it. Um, and so the experience, the confidence, um, to recover from that and then, and move forward, um, is what you gain being present today. Um, and so I, I I do think it's important, um, that, that you keep track of that a little bit and, and, uh, keep yourself grounded. Um, right. I mean, certainly, um, you have those family members that hopefully will keep you grounded, but, but you also have to remind yourself that, um, you're capable of it. Yeah. And you're capable of going either way. You're capable of being successful, but you're also capable of being a failure. And so yeah. um, it, it's important that you, you continue to work toward. What about uh, when I asked, I was asking Jordy earlier, him and I were talking, I said that you were going to be on here and, and, and I said, what, what would you want to know from and, and, you know, as a tech sergeant, he's like, man, like what, what advice, like what, what did he miss as a, first time supervisor. He's like, as I, as I go into the supervisory role, he's like, I feel like I'm, I'm missing things. Like, what do you, what do you wish that you as a first time supervisor knew or what advice would you give to a first time supervisor right now in the Air Force? So, you know, I think, um, one of the things, um, that we're not very good at when I say we, I mean, in the Air Force in general, um, is, Teaching supervisors to listen. Um, we look the the programs are laid out. Um, AFIs cover every program and tell you how to manage it. Right. Um, by virtue of the stri- fact that we put a stripe on somebody or we promote them in the civilian world, um, and we we say, okay, now you're a supervisor. Right. So in my case, I was a uh, a quality assurance inspector one day. Um, on a Friday. And then on a Monday, I was a specialist flight chief. Um, and 
that was the full extent of my training. Um, you know, they, <laughs> whatever you they, got over the weekend. Yeah, they yeah, so, well, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> football it, it, or basketball became, or yeah. yeah. And so day two, um, the safety office came in and said, oh, hey, we're here to do an evaluation inspection of your safety program. And I'm like, what's that? Yeah. You know, I, I had no idea. So the, who's in charge of that? Is, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. yeah. But um, what you, what you can't really prepare for is the the people situations. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, I'll use this as a segue and, and plug in a little bit, um, into some training that we're doing. I'm glad um, you are. Cause I was going to, I was going to segue yeah, that right there. And I, and I'm really excited about it. I wish, I wish we so had it 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so with, uh, with the hard work of Christy Shives and, and Amy Little, um, and I give them full credit, um, they contacted, um, it, it's an organization called the Emotional Intelligence Institute. Um, and um, and what it is, is it's a virtual training environment. So there's a scenario um, that's laid out and there's an actor on the other side of the screen um, that comes up as an avatar. And, and we put an individual um, in front of that. Um, and, and they have a discussion, right. And, and that discussion can be, um, it can be bullying. It can be sexual assault. It can be a harassment. Um, it can be, uh, struggling with deployment, um, some suicide awareness type stuff. Um, all of those things that, that, um, there are programs that cover them. Um, so if you take sexual harassment, right, there's, there's a civilian EEO office, there's a military EEO office. Um, and and the IG um, and get into that a little bit. Um, and so all these programs are laid out, but it it doesn't come to you as a supervisor across your desk in a PowerPoint form, yeah. right? It, um, or you know, if you think of the old um, like suicide awareness training where the guy goes in the gym and yeah, yeah, and, you know, and then, dude's hey, how are you feeling blowing today? Up. Yeah, hey, yeah, you know, and yeah. oh, I'm not feeling, you know, that my brother that, loved that one. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's just not realistic. Um, and so uh, these scenarios are very realistic, right? Yeah, um, they're they're conversations about training, they're conversations about um, whatever that somewhere in that conversation there's a nugget that's dropped. And, um, and now we need to change focus on the conversation and talk about the people. Um, and it's, it, you know, aside from, um, aircraft accident investigation course out at the safety center, it is bar none, some of the best training I've seen in the air force today. And, and, yeah. um, I mean, you had a chance to sit in on one of yeah. our sessions and, and we're going to do some more sessions. Um, in the middle of January. So we've done it with supervisors and now we're going to extend it down to some of our employees and, um, and really they're peer to peer type conversations because the rules are different there. Yeah. Um, and so um, I really would love to see this training um, transition wing wide. We've, we've kind of been aircraft maintenance squadron has kind of been the test bed for it. Um you know, like I said, I, I sat down with Amy and Christy and they asked us if we'd be willing to do that. And, and I, I certainly was on board. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just it's really good training. And so for a new supervisor, yeah. what I wish I knew was to listen 
yeah. to listen a little bit more and a little bit closer um, because when people are struggling, they will drop hints. Um, but most people aren't comfortable coming in saying, hey, I'm struggling with this or this person won't leave me alone or whatever yeah. um, their, their issue may be. Um, and when we talk about mission, right, and, and mission comes first and mission comes first, um, I, I 100% agree with that. But at the end of the day, the mission is a person. Um, we can write it out on paper. It's just a plan. But um, our airmen are the ones who conduct it. And so um, if they're not um, 100% on board and they're not 100% comfortable, the mission's not going to get done. Yeah. Um, the, on, the only difference between us and the museum up the street is we have airmen. Right. And and if we want to keep it that way, then then we got to take care of them. And it, exactly. That, it, that training, I know, is um, something that's very very close to you and, and came out of some, some failures, right. Uh, that, that, and some, some opportunities that are like, Whoa, like I, I didn't see this coming, you know, Hey, I, I thought this was a, I thought we were coming in here to talk about why you're not doing good at training. And now we're talking about how your trainer is possibly harassing you. Right. You know, that those things, I, it, it's when I saw the training, uh, it really made me mad to be honest, because we hadn't thought of it sooner than this, Right. that, that it's taken this long to provide that we went through all those CBTs. We went through all this other, you know, someone stand up there and tell you, Hey, drugs are bad. Uh, we went through all this stuff and it was sitting right there in front of us is just this real life. Put someone on the other side, let the supervisor sit there, make mistakes. And, and what I loved about it is, is they can be like pause scenario right. and they turn around to their peers that are sitting behind them. Like, okay, I know I shouldn't have said that. Right. <laughs> like, I, right. I don't know what I should say right now, but I know what I just said, uh, sucked. And, and, and so how do I fix this now? And, and getting input from their peers, like, how about you try this? And, and, and we saw great, I mean, Wes Fletcher, amazing dude anyways, but, but, you know, he probably did the best I've seen mainly because he's done it 15 times or however many times he'd done it. But even then he was like, here's things that I, I screwed this up or again. Right. I, and I, I think understanding that is, Hey, every situation you're going to screw something up still, no are. matter how prepared we are. Uh, but nobody expects us to be perfect. They do expect us to care. Right. So I, I think, you know, um, I've been privileged. They've, they've let me moderate it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and kind of give some people some advice and, and, and if I'm good at that, um, I'm good at it, unfortunately, because of a long wake of failures behind me. Right. Um, the, that experience that I have in it, um, it, it came at the cost of a human being that, that I, that I had a yeah. poor conversation with. Um, and that bothers me. Um, so, the goal for me and why I, 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 I really enjoy it and I'm, and I'm excited about it is because it gives you the opportunity to have a, a conversation in a safe environment. And like you say, turn around to your peers and say, um, what do I do? What, because when that becomes a real conversation, somebody comes into your office, there is nobody behind you and you can't yeah. pause it, you, you, you know, and, and there's a human being on the other side of that table who's hurting. Yeah. And, and, and we need to take care of them. 
And um, you may be hurting. You know, yeah. I talk about that a lot of, of, you know, going through situations in my own life and then someone sitting across from me dealing what they think is the most important thing in their life right now. And I'm in my head listening to them trying to figure this out. But it, the rest of my mind is actively just pursuing my own personal problems that I'm struggling with that I'm like, I'm failing at life. Right. And this person's asking me to help them. Like, you know, and I, I really love the training and, and love. And I know that you talk about, you know, Hey, this comes from a hurt, but I think the help on the other side of that. Well, it's big. And, and, and really the training, the, the, the bigger part of the value of the training isn't going to be the day that you go through the training. It's going to be two days later when, when you're thinking, man, I should have said that. Or, yeah. Or I, I could have said this. And, and then you become comfortable. And I don't know that you ever get comfortable talking about personal issues with right. somebody. Right? right. But, but you do learn what not to say. Yeah. Um, and, and so um, I think there's great value in it. Um, and, and I'm, uh, I'll be forever grateful to, to, to those two offices who um, have done the work and put it in. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's truly training that can make a difference yeah. um, and, and uh, make a change, yeah. right? Because we've done CBTs, um, we've done annual training at commander's call for, for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and unfortunately the military is still on the news for some of the, from the, the yeah. silliness that's going on. Um, so it's time to try something different. Um, so Grissom for since 85, I'm a firm believer and, um, I'm, I'm sure I'll get some conversations about this, but I'm a firm believer in the culture that is here at Grissom, the, um, the atmosphere that's here, the, the work environment that's here, our senior NCOs uh, are the ones that, that drive and, 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 and shape that. Um, you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen the culture, you know, the ebbs and flows here. You, you, there's probably been times where you're like, I got to head to work. And there's been other times where I'm like, I get to head to work. Um, what do you have for as senior NCOs as you're, you're walking out, you know, uh, as you're handing this, passing this torch off, what do you, what do you want them to know as you pass this to them? So I think one thing that, you know, Grissom has this reputation, um, and, and maintenance benefits from it. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about our aircraft, how they look, mm -hmm. um, how they fly their, their performance. Um, and, I, I think um, the the bigger key um, to me that what has really differentiated Grissom from other bases um, is the relationship between maintenance and ops, um, and um, and and I don't mean to leave support group out because they they do outstanding work, but um, my experience um, is mainly related with maintenance and ops, and um, there's always been um, a desire to make sure that we get it right. Um, and that, um, we take care of each other. Um, you know, we, we were just talking a few minutes ago. I, I did my last TDY. Yeah. Um, and, 
um, you know, a couple of operators were, were kind enough to, to buy me dinner one night. Right. Um, I don't, I'm not convinced that that happens everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, uh, I'm really appreciative of it or to of everyone course, or to everyone. Yeah. But, um, at the end of the day, that, that culture, um, is the one thing, like you said, the uniform wear and, and, um, the amount of work or whatever, those things tend to ebb and flow, but that relationship between maintenance and ops, um, has, has been steady, um, over the entire 35 years. And when it starts to go South, the senior NCOs and, and, uh, Lieutenant colonels and above right. kind of get together and say, Hey, wait a minute, we, we need to iron this out. Um, because that's not how we operate here. Um, and, and so we get it, we, we, you know, you tend to smooth those things over, um, like any siblings, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, um, that's the piece that I think has to stay there, right? That, that communication, um, between agencies and, and we're not building castles, um, and, and grabbing land. Um, we're working towards a goal. Um, and that's to make sure that that airplane flies. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's what I'm going to leave to, um, my maintenance senior NCOs is that, that now your responsibility, um, it's your responsibility to walk across the street and, and make sure that our customer is satisfied with the product that we're giving them. And if they're not figure out why and, and fix it. Which I think, um, you know, support group and AMDS and, and all of them all fit into that. Right. I, I do. Is because then it's also the relationship of, you know, when you, when you come over here and you're trying right. to fix an issue, I've seen you in this building several times and the relationships that you, you have and, and stuff like that is, you know, I, I think it is still, uh, you, you said you'd leave them out, but it is relationships across the base. It is. And, and I think, um, that's just treating people with decency and respect yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, no matter where they work or who they work for. You know, I had a, when I was a young airman, um, I had a, uh, I had a senior NCO, uh, senior master sergeant, Doug Sawyer was his name. Um, and he told me once, um, there's a priority in the air force and the airplane is number one. Um, and everybody else supports that number one. Right. So, um, if, if you think you're special cause you're a pilot and you're close to number one, um, you don't get there without maintenance and you don't get there without finance and travel and, and, yeah. you know, um, and so everybody is a piece of that mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and we ought not forget that we, we ought to remember that, um, when we, when we walk across the street, um, and we go to the clinic and we need a shot, um, that, um, there's, there's gotta be some trust that that guy is, is, uh, is going to do his job to the best of his ability. Um, and, um, and, and we should treat him with some decency and respect and, and say, thank you. Yeah. Right. One, one last question. And then, uh, one serious question, one last serious question. Then I got a couple that I, I okay. want to ask you that it'll be a little more fun. Hopefully. Um, I think it's something that we all work for is, you know, for a lot of times we, we work, uh, and we're part of that big group. And that big group on the left side of our chest is that U.S. Air Force. And we're part of that team. But come February, March, come this time next year, when someone says, that Chief Scully, what do you want to follow that? 
what do you, what do you want your legacy to be that you, you leave here to where when, you know, Josh and I talk about you down the road, uh, or, or an airman over in, in maintenance, what do you want your legacy to be? Well, it's a tough question. I, you know, um, I think I, what I really, um, what's been important to me um, over my career um, really was uh, treating people with decency and respect and compliance, right? Um, it, it, Chief Cassidy always gives me a hard time about not having a heart. Um, and and I, I recently, I went and, uh, uh, I had one of those like ultrasounds and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I came back and said, Hey, they found it. So, <laughs> yeah. It's like so the Grinch. Yeah. But, but, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in QA, right. Mm-hmm. So I spent eight years in QA um, and I saw the value of compliance. Um, and, um, you know, there was a, there was a, unfortunately a young airman um, that got, that got shot um, with a, uh, an A-10 Gatling gun at Barksdale several years ago. Um, I had a conversation with the group commander who was there at the time. Um, and so you see the damage that gets done um, by people not being compliant, right? So um, that was a no-go for me. Um, and, and and it still is to this day. It, it, that is non-negotiable, right? We can talk about um, when you take your lunch and we can talk about, um, you know, uh, what time you're going to come in or what airplane you want to work. Um, those are all negotiable, and, and and I'll have a discussion about all of that. I will not discuss um, non-compliance when it comes to to uh, the airplane and and the maintenance of it. And so, um, you know, I, I I think I I really I I hope that people feel like that I treated them with decency and respect, um, but at the same time um, demanded um, excellence in the work that they do, um, and. Um, I try to hold myself to that standard. Um, so really that's probably it, right? Uh, I, there's, uh, there's nothing in my career that couldn't have been done by somebody else. Um, other than, um, saying good morning to you every day. Right. Uh, And, and so, um, I, I think that that's always been kind of important to me. I think it's huge. And I think that's what, uh, uh, you know, can set us apart. And I think it's maybe what people come to Grissom in 1985 and don't leave. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I've always had, I've, I've got great friends, um, to this day, um, you know, people that I met back in, in March of 85, um, that are still very close, good friends of mine, yeah. um, who, are, I can say the exact same thing about, yeah. right. Um, they were compliant and they treated people with decency and respect, um, yeah. and set a great standard, um, and role model. Um, you know, uh, Colonel Schwartz, um, former wing commander, um, him and I went TDY together. Um, I don't remember what year it was. He was a major and I was a tech sergeant. Right. And, um, same thing. Um, very compliant, um, treat people with decency and respect. So, um, those are two things that have always stood out for me. Yeah. You got four grandkids. Mm-hmm. 
you got one story to tell them about your military career. Boy. Like one, one good story of, uh, you know, there I was. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how, how, how old are the grandchildren at this well, time? Yeah. Yeah. That like, probably like, determines. We'll just say, when they're, yeah. when they're, well, they don't when they're, any, I, I never did anything inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I think probably the, the, the one memory that really stands out to me was, was the night that the air war kicked off. Um, uh, um, I don't remember how many airplanes we had there. It was a bunch. Um, there was there was over a hundred tankers. You talk uh, about in Desert in, Storm. In yes, yeah. Uh, so 91, 90, 91. 90, 91, yep. uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, over a hundred tankers on the ramp, um, and I think there was sixteen B fifty twos, somewhere in that range, all on one ramp, um, four runways at the airport, um, and uh, we came into work. Um, and started launching jets and, um, at eight o'clock in the morning, the ramp was completely empty. There wasn't a single airplane on the ramp. We all kind of stood there and looked at each other and like, now what do we do? Right. Yeah. Um, and then they fell out of the sky yeah. um, and it was crazy busy, but, but that was, a uh, it was a very surreal feeling because prior to that, we hadn't been at war since yeah. Vietnam. Right. And, and so we had conflicts. We trained. Yeah. yeah, um, We had trained and we had done a lot of work um, towards that moment. Um, But if you think about um, the number of aircraft and, and all of them launching, um, it it was pretty impressive. Um, And then the crazy thing is, you know, you, you get done with your 12, 14 hour shift and you go back, turn on CNN and see the results of your work. Um, which was unique at that time. Yeah. Um, so, um, that was probably, um, the, the one day, single day that kind of stands out for me. I don't know that um, that will ever happen in history again. Yeah. I, I, it's hard to say. Um, but history does tend to repeat itself. So, um, it, you know, there, there's this generation of airmen are going to do some, some great things. Um, and, um, you know, I'll be the old guy sitting in the back know, in my day on Fox News yeah. and saying, "Oh yeah, we, we did that too." Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, just like the the Vietnam guys before yeah. us. And well, good news is they open that VA right down the street, so yeah, you, right. you have yeah. a reason to come yeah, out I've here. I've got a room up on the top. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. So um, we we like to end with uh, a little area. That we what are you loving? So we talk about like all of us will talk about, hey, what are we loving right now? It could be anything from I got this new Tumblr or, or to whatever Christmas, whatever. Uh, but before we get to that, you got any New Year's resolutions? I don't. Um, are you a resolution so guy? I'm not a resolution Josh, guy. Josh, are you a resolution guy? Yeah, for about two hours. Yeah, you do. What's no, a, I don't. I don't have. Yeah, no, because I know I can't keep them. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I tend to be uh, you know um, I set small goals. Um, and I'll set them any time of the year. I don't, I don't yeah. necessarily, uh, need a, a date to help yeah. me with that. But, um, so I, you know, and I really, that most current one is, is, uh, get myself back in shape a little bit. Okay. You know, I've, I've let things go, um, just being busy. And, and so hopefully, um, 
retirement will yeah. will help with that a little bit. I recently reprioritized that also when I had the COVID fifteen that yeah. I packed on. So, uh, yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, what are you loving right now? Um, you know, I think I, I'm really excited um, to to give some time back with my wife. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Um, you know, I, we've been married. Um, so I've been in for 35, um, and we get, we've been married and I'm going to screw this up. I know. Um, chances are she won't listen. Good. No, she'll, she'll, she'll <laughs> listen. I'm going to screw it up. So, we got married in 1986. I'll say that. Okay. Um, so it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think that's 35 years, right? Yeah, yeah. right. It's right so, there. Uh, we just went over. We had our 35th anniversary in in December, um, and so, number one, that's amazing. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Congrats well, it, on that. It's 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 all her credit, right? Um, because she's the one who's put up with all of this um, over these these years, and so um, to uh, have that opportunity. Um, to really spend some time and, and do what we want to do um, is is something that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited for that. Josh, what are you loving? Mm. Besides the Colts making a run right now. Uh, have you not looked at the news lately? Yeah, I know. Carson Wentz, get yeah. COVID, whatever. That's <laughs> right. So Jonathan Taylor is going to have 250 yards rushing on Sunday. Yeah. But... Um, Honestly, I think what I'm loving right now is this conversation. Um, I've only talked to you one time, I think. And it was during the KC46 site survey. And it was a, hey, how you doing? That was the extent of our talk when I came into maintenance and, following those. Guys. And how long have you been on the base? Mm, just a little over two years. I was down in MPF for a little bit and then I get tucked away in this hole back yeah. here. But, um, well, that made it sound like my office is horrible. I'm yeah, just that, joking. That, yeah. I love, but, um, no, I really appreciate this conversation. Cause I know, I know you guys were looking at each other while you're talking and I don't normally sit over here and head Bob the whole time, but a lot of the stuff you're, a lot of the stuff that you're saying and a lot of the stuff you believe, um, and practice, uh, is the same way that I feel about a lot of stuff and the way that we treat other people. And, um, I think a lot of the stuff you were saying, as far as, you know, a legacy or, or what you want to tell senior NCOs, what it really boils down to is just being a good person. Being a good leader is being a good person. It's you can read all the books in the world. Well, what it boils down to is being a good person and, that's the stuff that you just talked about for. Let me, I can't actually see how far this 46 is. 46 minutes. 46 minutes. Is that's really what this conversation was for 46 minutes. And um, I'd like to talk crap about Kentucky basketball and how good Purdue is, but uh, <laughs> I still got it in there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, I think that, that that's what I'm, I didn't really have anything for yeah. what I was loving right then until, you know, we're, we're talking about this stuff. And I think it's really valuable and, um, I hope the, I hope the people that listen to it don't, they, they take as much as they can away from it. Cause there's a lot of it, even when you're talking about, you know, the training that that's going on or that you guys are doing, it kind of relates to what we talked about on the last podcast, where if, if you as a supervisor haven't experienced that stuff, how are you supposed to 
And it all comes back to experiences, knowledge, and being a good person. Yeah. So thank if you're gonna if you're gonna err in one area, just be nice. Just be nice. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you if you don't know what you're doing, just be nice to people and, and see see how far that gets you. It's not even you hard. Yeah, yeah. It's actually harder to not be yeah. nice. It, it so. is. I, and I and I honestly think, um, look, you're gonna make. Um, I'm certain you have a bright future ahead of you. You're going to make some mistakes. I wouldn't mistakes. be too certain. What's that? I wouldn't be too certain. That, I guess. <laughs> we just talked about it's being a, a nice person. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's sorry, sarcasm sorry, if you're but, listening. But no, I think, I think just that, that honesty and the humbleness that when you do screw up to say, Hey man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Right. It, that's, that's the part that, um, that boggles my mind is, um, so few supervisors who are willing to admit to their employees that they're a human being and they make mistakes. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it, it's really pretty simple um, just to say, yep, screwed that one up and uh, I won't do it again. I'm sorry you had to pay that price, but yeah, um, yeah, I screwed it up. And how much more do you respect your supervisor for saying that to you? Right. And and I will tell you this, every great supervisor that I ever had, um, everyone that jumps out in my head um, when I think of those people who taught me how to be a supervisor, um, every one of them at some point probably said, hey, I screwed that up. Um, yeah. And so uh, I'm certain they did, you know, just to me. Um, so um, I, I really think it, it comes, it, it, it isn't hard. Right. It, it is hard sometimes to do the right thing. Um, but that should be as hard as it gets. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also easier to say, Hey, you screwed that up when they've seen you say, Hey, I screwed that up. Right. Right. Is it, then, then it's more of that condition of it's coming from a place of love. I'm saying this because I want you to be good. Right. I want you to do what's right. And, and this may have put some other people's lives in danger. Like I've said it, I screwed this up. Now you screwed this up and, and then watching them say, you know what? You're right. right. Because it's not of a point of, I'm not saying that for you to be, um, you know, that, that now you're going to be in serious trouble. And once you admit it, then, you know, I'm not reading your rights. I'm not, and I'm not doing any of that stuff. It's just, we got to have those open, honest conversations. So and I think, I think the other piece of that too is, um, I, I'm a firm believer, and you know, I talked a lot a little bit earlier about about the quality assurance stuff. I'm a firm believer that nobody wakes up in the morning and says, "I'm going to go to work and 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 do the wrong thing today." Mm -hmm. Right? We we set them up, um, and there's a whole story behind that failure that's hanging in my office. We could talk about later, but um, they came to work and and they wanted to do the right thing, and we created a scenario that forced them to go around what's appropriate. Yeah. Um, either through training, like of equipment, time, tools, whatever, um, we created that scenario. And so if we spend all of our time blaming and yelling and, and, and doing paperwork and, and not looking at the process, we've missed the point. Yeah. Um, and so the first thing that you should look at is uh, your processes um, and, and see if you led them down that road. Um, that's not to say that there aren't ding fods out there, but, yeah. but by and large, um, we set people up for failure. Yeah. So um, that's the other piece of of being a nice person, right? Is is looking in the mirror a little bit and saying, "Did I set this guy up? Um, did I did I create an environment for him to do that, um, or did he do that on his own?" 
Yeah. Um, so. I'd say for me, uh, there's a few things. Uh, I got the kids, uh, the VR, uh, the headset and stuff for Christmas. So that's been pretty fun, especially my dad and my father-in-law, you know, 70 and 80 at, at the house and throwing a VR headset on pretty amazing. Uh, is there, is there video? Uh, I do have a video. I'll have to show you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my dad, who's not scared of heights ever, uh, is terrified, uh, of a VR he- heights. So, um, but I, I kind of just, we reinvigorated a few things in our, our life that we just got busy over, over time. And one of them was, uh, at dinner with, uh, my family is when we sat down to dinner is, you know, we have no electronics, no nothing. And it's, it's conversation based dinner and, and go around and talk about, you know, your favorite part of your day, uh, your funniest part of your day. And then if you, you have a prayer request that you want the rest of the family to join with you in, and, and we, just getting back to that over this, this break that we've kind of had and work has kind of slowed down and stuff. And so, uh, just getting back to that. I mean, it's just been, been great for me to do that. Um, so, and it's good for, you know, I feel more refreshed coming to work and, and more refreshed in, in the night and stuff. And so, um, but man, I want to say thanks. Uh, I appreciate uh, the and, opportunity. And, I, and I also want to, um, you know, say thanks for your leadership. You know, uh, I know when I, I got here a year ago, you were, I think you were down at Africa still. Oh, well. uh, but when you walked in the door is you listened to some of the crazy things that I was saying and, and you were able to, to correct me to a hundred percent. And, and, and I think we've worked together well. And, and, and I hate that I didn't get more of that 35 years, but I will say that the, the legacy that you've left here and, and uh, the legacy that you want to leave here is, uh, we'll definitely take that and move forward with it. And so I've certainly, um, you know, I I think um, one one thing has been standard here at Grissom is is you come in um, with a certain mindset, right? And um, and then I won't say that that we never change because we do change, um, and we should change. um, But I but I do think that. we everybody kind of comes back down to earth a little bit and and hey this is a place that's known for working together Um, and and so um that's the one thing that i think um really kind of makes this place special and and it's been an absolute honor for me um to uh to be here um let alone be a chief in the maintenance organization um you know i couldn't ask for anything more um in you know 1984 when i'm standing at attention going into basic training it was, yeah i never ever envisioned that and so um it, it's truly been an honor for me well we appreciate you and appreciate you taking time to, to to spend with us and um man congrats on a great career congrats on on a new chapter of life getting started and I mean, if you get into to law school or something, we joked is I'd, I'd like to see you try out for the football team or something yeah, and just yeah, be yeah. like the long snapper yeah, or something. Yeah, I still have eligibility. So yeah, yeah. We'll see what yeah, I, would, yeah. I would love to I'm see good. it. I always said, if you live in the dorms, it's going to be pretty easy that people will be like, well, who did you see who did that? It was the gray haired guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, we know who he is. Yeah. Yeah, we we're well aware. I'll, so. I'll definitely stand out. That's yeah, for sure. So we'll I appreciate you. Thank you. Yep. I appreciate it. Yep. 
All right. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Chief Scully and and Josh, the Dreamweaver, as always. Uh, man, uh, I love meeting people on base. I know, I know you talked about you guys have both. You've been on base for eight years or whatnot. And no, was, two years. Come on. Yeah, so it's one of the first <laughs> one of the first conversations that you'd had with him, really. And and so uh, I, I love these conversations. Look around, find find those people. And if you have someone that uh, you find very interesting and you think we would, too, we'd, we'd love to hear about them and we'd love to sit down and have a conversation with them. Hey, just as a reminder, the February UTA is has is now moved uh, to uh, a, a new date. And so check with your commander and, and the times on all, all of that. Um, there's flyers out there and everything. So uh, we changed it to a weekend earlier. And then also just want to give you this piece of advice as we heard um, Chief Scully talking about um, using resources and the thing that he would want to give people is using resources. We have a lot of resources. And he talked about not waiting until uh, the last moment to do something before you miss out on opportunity and doing things ahead of time. I heard this said the other day is um, this guy was talking about building goals and and with the new year and kind of new year resolutions and stuff like that is he talked about using the A to Z method. And the A to Z method is A is where you're at right now. Z is where you ultimately want to end up. So A to Z, there's a lot of letters in between there. But you don't have to hit all those letters in order and you don't have to wait for those letters. So just because you're on A and you do B and then you do C doesn't mean that you can't jump up to like M or N and knock those things out because ultimately you want to get to Z and you got to hit all those letters in between. And so I encourage you to look at that uh, for this year as you're setting down and you're you're figuring out your goals, your plans for this new year. Maybe you have some free time. Um and some downtime before things get real busy or maybe you're deployed and looking at those things is what are the things you could be doing right now to where if that Z opportunity presents itself, that you're ready. So as always, we appreciate you guys. We love being a part of this team. Um, we love seeing your faces and, and we, we look forward to seeing you this weekend. Have a great UTA and we look forward to seeing you out there.